He's handsome and smart. A true blue Jets and Knights fan. A part of Australia's Hollywood royalty. From General Hospital to Occupation Rainfall, NCIS LA to All Saints. Newcastle Live Radio's very own Nova Castrian in Hollywood. It's time to cross to LA to catch up with Zach Garrod. And it has been three weeks since we've caught up with the beautiful Zach Garrod. Hello, my friend. How are you over there? G'day, Tracy. Lovely. Thank you for saying beautiful. That's very, very nice of you. <laughs> well, you know what? You keep putting these bloody photographs up of yourself with no shirt on. You know, come on. <laughs> oh, dear. No, no, I, 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 I can hear the, the, the derision coming to my phone as we speak. Yeah. <laughs> I, but, uh, not to, not yeah, to mention the, uh, the porn star cricketer as well. What is with, yeah, what is with that moustache? <laughs> I had an audition for something last week that required a 1970s look, uh, and I, I just happened to have a beard during it, and I thought, I'll just shave the beard off and just keep the mo. And, you know, I just thought, yeah, you know what? I'm feeling that vibe. And there's a lot of, a lot of my mates in LA at the moment have got these ridiculous mustaches, and a couple of my mates who are on that show, Barron's, on the ABC, went ballistic recently with their beards and hair. And, yeah, there's sort of, this seems to be this sort of resurgence of the 70s and 80s kind of hirsute uh, look going around. There's a reason why it's passed. <laughs> there's a reason why it was for the Beach Boys. It happens yeah. in, in November is the only time that men are allowed to have a moustache. It's yeah, just I, I, scary. I with that. Yeah, no, I totally sympathise with that. And you sort of get that thing where it's like, oh, you got a moustache. That yeah. looks Good. <laughs> that, oh, you've got a mustache. You should know straight yeah. away when people say that. Yeah, you, right, what did your fiance think of uh, of you getting around looking like a uh, a seventies porn star? I said it'll be gone by Monday, and she's looking forward to Monday. Oh, thank God. <laughs> thank God. We can we can see our, our very own Zach Garrett back again instead of the porn star. There is a, there is a way out. Yeah, there is a way you out. Definitely, yeah. You definitely you were channeling the seventies uh, Aussie cricket side. There's uh, there's no doubt about that. Yeah. Mm. I had my Dennis Lee moment. Yeah. You did, you did. Now, obviously, yeah. we haven't spoken in quite a while. How was your Easter? It was lovely. Yeah, it was Passover and Easter here, so that's quite a wonderful time. And Coachella, so it was Coachella and Passover and Easter all at once. And uh, so LA was both was off the bread religiously mm. for Passover and also for dietary reasons for Coachella. You know, because everybody out there has a gluten intolerance. Um, <laughs> and I'm, I'm, being, I'm being silly. I know. I'm being silly. Facetious. I'm joking. Uh, yeah, so um, so yeah, it was uh, it was lovely. LA sort of gets this one wonderful sort of fun vibe about it, and uh, especially and Coachella was great. This year had wonderful artists. It looked like a lot of fun, and Passover is really interesting in town as well because all the Jewish community have their have their time and have their moment. And of course, um, Ramadan was on as well. Yeah. So there was a whole lot of sort of this convergence of religious um, holidays. So there was plenty of chocolate and plenty of bread. It was wonderful. <laughs> you didn't get down to Coachella? No, no, we didn't go to Coachella. No, 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 not not this year. It's it's a bit crazy. It got some very mixed reviews, didn't it? It's uh, the thing with Coachella is like it's. I sound so old now, but it's it's like, it's like it, used to, it used to be really fun, but like it ha- has changed a lot from what it was. Where once upon a time it was a great sort of collection of bands playing out in the mm. desert, and it's a really great experience. But now it's just so big and so popular. It's a lot of fun, but there's all these satellite parties that kick up all around Palm Springs, all around the area. So it becomes less about the music and the bands and more about just going for the event. Mm. Um, and being but, seen know, and putting stuff. stuff on your Instagram pages. 
Oh, yeah, yeah, the Instagram. Alison has a very funny story about working at a party there a few years ago with a bunch of influencers. And it's just, it's the most, it's the most weird collection of vacuousness you've ever heard in your life. It's very, very strange. Um, but, you know, you've got wonderful artists like Harry Styles and Lizzo mm. playing together. And, and there's a lot of incredible musicians who played there. So it was really great. And they, they stream it live on YouTube. So we just put it on the TV here. Mm. Um, so it's a, it's a really great experience. If anyone ever gets a chance to go, definitely go out and experience it because it really is a great place to go and feel some music and feel some art and get immersed in that community. But, um, but yeah, it has changed a lot from when it was just all about bands. Mm, yeah, it really has. There's, there's no doubt about that. Now, Anzac Day, of course, we uh, we missed Monday because it was Anzac Day. It is commemorated yeah. over there as well, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, the U.S., the, the National Ceremony, uh, sorry, the National Cemetery we have here in uh, Westwood, um, which which has the, is uh, interned with a lot of remains of U.S. soldiers who served in the Second World War through to Vietnam and and uh, Afghanistan most recently. So they usually have a ceremony there on a Sunday, and uh, they've had it at the USS Iowa in, in previous years. The USS Iowa is the battleship that's actually uh, moored down in Long Beach, and I attended the ceremony there a couple of years ago, so it's quite wonderful. But the difference here is they have it in tandem with the Turkish consulate, so um, I'm not quite sure if they have this across the board in Australia, but here they have the Turkish consulate, the New Zealand consulate, the British consulate and the French consulate, and they all attend the, the ceremony together. So they all lay wreaths. So it's a, it's a really collective experience between Turkey, New Zealand, and Australia. So it becomes sort of like this, this broad commemorative event around the Battle of Gallipoli, um, and more so than just sort of Anzac Day as a whole, mm. which I think is quite is quite sacred to Australia. Yeah. So over here, it's more about commemorating the event of Gallipoli itself and you know commemorating Australian servicemen and women who have died in the line of duty. Um, but no, it is it is quite a lovely event here. It's always kind of enjoyable because. You, you get to see friends and you get to see people and they usually have Anzac biscuits and pies. So it's oh. a nice sort of connection. Yeah, you feel nice like you're home. Back. You do. You really do. And when we went to the Iowa, um, it was actually for the 100th anniversary, I believe, of the of the Gallipoli invasion. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, for the uh, invasion of Gallipoli. Um, it was quite extraordinary. It was really, really extraordinary. It had wonderful people there and it's a really great experience. And it's different experiencing it as an expat as mm. well. Yeah, it would be. It, it yeah. really would. And especially, you know, I'm assuming they play the national anthem. That as well must be a bit of a spine-tingling time to be standing over there in your new homeland. But recognising, you know, recognising Australia, that must be pretty impressive because very rarely would you hear the Australian national anthem played over there. No, you don't. You hear the American national anthem everywhere. Oh. <laughs> even, even when they're at the Hollywood Bowl, they play it before the bloody... Before the the, the, the performance, oh. it's kind of like wow, these guys are really into this. Um. They are. Do you reckon they truly know? Like, it, I know it's everywhere, but you know they're talking about the national anthem talks about a flag with blood on it and our blood and our flag still standing. It really is the yeah. most bizarre national anthem. It, it's quite it's quite jingoistic. It really is. Yeah, it, you know, it's all obviously in defiance and rebellion and battle of independence and stuff like that. You know, old glory still flying. So there's a lot of a lot of resoluteness to it. There are some questionable lyrics in later in in later mm. <laughs> verses of the anthem, yes. like we have in ours as well. You know, I think the sixth and seventh verses of it advance Australia fair reference going and dying for, for England, mm. which is you know probably not not a great thing. Um, so yeah, it, it is interesting when you read on in it, but it is extraordinary. I love the patriotism. I love the way the Americans embrace their culture and identity. But yeah, it, it is quite funny when you go to the Hollywood Bowl. You're like, yes, let's go see, let's go see Eminem. 
and then they rip out, you know, um, the national anthem before they play. <laughs> the Star Spangled Banner. You got, yeah, put your, put your hand over your heart and off we go. Yeah. Everybody stands up. Everybody stands yeah, up. As well. Everyone takes their hats off. Yeah, it's uh, they do. They do. They man, do. It's like yeah. a church, isn't it? When they sing the national anthem, it's very reverential. Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's nothing I've ever experienced before. So when you hear the Aussie national anthem, you kind of go, "Oh wow, that's that's really something." Now, I know mates of mine too who have taken their their citizenship oath, um, which which I will be uh, sometime in the next twelve months. And you know, the bit where they say, "I forego all connections to foreign nations mm. and all this kind of stuff." Everyone sort of crosses their fingers through that bit. <laughs> so, will, will you have to? Uh, you can't have dual citizenship. I can, yeah, I can, mm. yeah. So you'll have yeah, both. So I'll have both. Yeah. So, what passport are you going to travel on, depending where you're going? Uh, well, going into the US, I'll be American. Going mm. into Australia, I'll be Australian, without question. But I think elsewhere, I'll mostly be Australian. I think mm. that's probably the best way to, to look at it. I'll, I'll see what advantages, I'll see what travel miles, yeah, you yeah. know, and what kind of, like, discounts you get. Yeah. and, like, and, and get a discount at Kmart. Yeah, and where people do and don't like you, you know. Like, you could probably be... You're probably better <laughs> off being Australian in some places, but you're better off being American in other places. I think absolutely. I think especially in Paris, I'm better off being Australian. Yes, you are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mind you, they don't like us over there at the moment because of the submarine. So maybe, actually, maybe right. think about Forward that. Topic. Yeah, may, yeah, yeah, bad right. one. Bad one. That was an American. That was an American. Bad choice. Now, the Biden administration are looking at, uh, at something quite incredible at the moment. They're trying to cancel some student debt over there. Now, that is incredible, mm. isn't it? That's, a, that's going to be a big waving of... Uh, of debt there, and it you know it is ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Some of the you, know, you you start you start your career over there, and you've got two hundred odd thousand dollars worth of debt before you even start. That's crippling. Yeah. Well, this is what feeds into a lot of the poverty and a lot of the economic sort of uh, uh, you would say segregation in a lot of people across the country. There's people who can't get ahead because they can't afford an education. Simple as that. Now, there's a very basic thing to this that I didn't quite understand until Alison explained it to me. The SATs, which are your entrance exams into the university, you have to pay for those here. So I always was just of the impression that when you finish year 12, like we do in Australia, mm. you get your HSC or your ATAR, you know, the equivalent, and that was it. You know, you finished school, you got your marks, off you went. And then the costs were incurred. But mm. no, Alison said to me, just to get into college, you've got to drop like a couple of hundred dollars up to a few thousand dollars on tutors, on uh, taking the test, everything. So you probably remember Felicity Huffman recently got in trouble mm. because she was she was paying money for her child um, to get into USC over here, which was a huge scandal. And this is exactly what happens. This is the problem with the system here. It's a user-pay system. Now, we have the hex debt in Australia, but it's managed in a different way. Now, over here, if you go and do your BA or something like that, yeah, you walk out of college with you know, six figures of debt over your head, and you have to start paying it back from the moment you leave. Now, I talk to people here who are in their 30s and in their 20s, and they all say the same thing. They all say to me, you know, I've got $35,000 in debt, $60,000 in debt, $80,000 in debt. So this cripples people. Like, you cannot get ahead before you can even get a mortgage or a car loan. You've got a student loan payment hanging over your head as well. So the Biden admin, when they were voted in, they talked broadly about cancelling student debt, which I think across the United States tallies up to about, it's nearly a billion dollars in collective student debt over decades. It's a lot of money here. And cancelling 20%, 30% of that would be a huge relief to a lot of people. Now, Biden's been rightfully criticised for kind of skirting around this issue, but a lot of the people here have been holding his feet to the fire over this because this is quite serious. It mean, it's the difference between some people being able to buy a house and a car 
while also working their job. So can you imagine working your job over here on minimum wage in California, it's $11.50 an hour, right? $10.50 an hour, Mm -hmm. sorry. You're on minimum wage and you're paying off a car, a house and your student debt, all at different interest rates. So this is a wonderful insight into a lot of the issues that happen here societally. And this is why some people don't go to college because they literally don't want to have that life. They don't want to be crushed by this. And it can be it can be the difference between, you know, a stable life and, and you know, a reliable life with a reliable income and of course a, a life driven by making minimum wage and it's very, very problematic. So Biden talked this week about cancelling a certain amount of it. They haven't said much about it, but they have said they are considering it. Now with the midterms coming up in November, it's quite likely they will hold this close to their chest to probably September or October. Mm. Um, but yeah, he, he is he's in a, in a in a complicated position, and he needs to do something about it because that could be a huge difference to a generation of Americans. Well, it once again shows the elitism of education over there in the in the US. That the only people who can get an education are those who are wealthy, and once again yeah. we just can, we just perpetuate that that class system that happens over there. Oh, it does. It perpetuates that kind of separation. Exactly right. Yeah, even to go to a place like the University of Alabama, right in Tuscaloosa, it's you know it could be upwards of eighty grand, um, sometimes a year to to go to places like this, depending on what you're studying. And then of course you've got all your expenses there. If you're in a sorority or in a fraternity, you have your expenses on top of that. So you're basically incurring debt from the moment you set foot inside a tertiary institution, and they don't have TAFE here. They don't have technical colleges or things like that like we did in Australia. That's why TAFE is so crucial to New South Wales and around the country because it gives people a viable alternative in life. Here they have state-based colleges. They have local-based colleges. So they do exist. Like here we have, there's one in the valley um, uh, called North Hollywood Campus, which is sort of like a local community college. So they do exist as well. Mm. But it's, again, a user-pay system. It's just, it, it's horrible. It, it's just awful. And uh, and if something can be done about it, you know, there's our future doctors. There's somebody who may fa- find the cure for cancer, you know. We're just, yeah. we're, we're losing these people. Now, finally, yeah. I wanted to talk to you about uh, the election. As you know, the election is the 21st of May here in uh, in Australia. Have you voted? When do you yeah. get your voting? When can you vote? I've, I've put in for my mail uh, for my mail ballot, so I'm hoping we'll be here by next week or so. Gorgeous. Now, I'm not yeah. sure about you, but, gee, there's a lot of Americanisation happening over here. You know, it's all about the, the leaders. It's all about Morrison and Albanese. It's all about, you know, these these uh, radicals uh, who are getting the attention at the moment, you know, like Catherine Deves, who's, uh, who's obviously down in northern Sydney. There's some mm-hmm. radical, radical thoughts going on at the moment over here. What do you think? Sitting back as, a, as a, an Australian sitting over there in America watching what's coming out, how are you feeling? Well, the, the New York Times is writing articles about the Australian election right now, and they're saying how Australia is ranked 14th globally as far as our democracy, as far as how our democracy functions. New Zealand is 5th. We're 14th. America is 29th. So, you know, oh. we're well above America. But, yeah, but we are 14th. And a lot of that comes down to transparency with pork barreling and things like that. So that's one thing which is really interesting. The Americans are picking up on that. The second thing is the rhetoric. Now, the, the, the LNP are basically running their entire campaign around Morrison, mm. entirely around him, basically. He's the leader, which is a very Republican, very American way to approach mm. this. The ALP, 
and this is where it was interesting when Albanese went into into isolation with COVID. It gave a chance for Jason Clare, Jim Chalmers, and Penny Wong to step up and talk. And Penny Wong, of course, talked about the issues in the Solomon Islands that that have occurred this week, and they spoke very clearly with a lot of rhetoric, a lot of lot of um, insight into everything. So. That kind of broke the mould a little bit with how they were trying to shape this. Now, Catherine Deves has said things that is just lifted straight out of the Ron DeSantis, Marjorie Taylor Greene book. Marjorie Taylor Greene said over here this week, I'm not making this up, but the church is run by Satan. What church? She didn't specify. Mm. But she said in the past things along the lines, you know, trans people were criminals and trans men who cross-dress as sexual abusers. Catherine Deves said, not words exactly like that, but basically said that that men who cross-dress are more likely to be sexual predators. She said people who are surrogate mothers and surrogate parents are committing human rights abuse. So this is directly lifted out of a lot of the rhetoric that you hear over here, not necessarily on, on a federal, sorry, on a uh, congressional level with the Republican Party. In certain facets, yes, but you hear a lot of this stuff in Florida, Mississippi, other places like that within the arch conservatives. Now, it's bleeding into that. Pauline Hanson, this week, had a cartoon come, uh, that she does these cartoons on YouTube, and it was chastising uh, the mail order, the, the mail ballot system, mm. you know, the, the remote voting. And same thing, trying to draw questions over absentee voting, just like Donald Trump did. The difference is down there, we have the AEC, the Australian Electoral Commission, independent, fully run by public servants, extremely forthright with handling these things, and very broadly trusted. We do not have that here, uh, not anything with that kind of power, at least. Mm. So thank goodness for the AEC to be able to stand up against Pauline Hanson and had they had that video actually pulled from a lot of social media sites because of it. But it's seeping in. It's seeping in. I even heard Adam Bant talk about cancelling student debt this week, which I thought, well, that's interesting because we don't really have the leader of the Greens. We don't really have mm. student debt, as it were, in Australia. We have hex. Yes, we do. And that can be problematic. And education in Australia is getting more expensive, as we know. But we don't have the debt like we do in the U.S. So it's interesting the way we sort of popularize that. Even though a lot of Americans look at our system and go, well, it's far superior to the U.S., it's far superior to the U.S. We have mm-hmm. an election on a Saturday. People get put, you like you have to take time off. You're allowed to take time off work to go and vote. Everybody's given a ballot. Everybody's sent the enrollment papers. Um, so it is interesting seeing the worst of American politics, and I think it is the worst, yeah. seeping into the rhetoric of some people. Now, it's isolated to Catherine Deeves mostly. At the uh, moment. But I have... Yeah, at the moment, yeah. Mm-hmm. But, I, but I think Morrison standing up there and endorsing and saying, well, well, you know, she's allowed to say what she likes. Well, you're not, actually. You're allowed to stand up there and say that men who cross-dress are sexual predators. All right? You can't say that because that's just... It's plain wrong and it's just disgraceful. So, um, yeah, it's it's interesting seeing how that's seeking in. Here, yeah. I should say. Yeah, it's going to be very, very interesting. And as you say, no longer do we uh, do we worry about our local members. It's all about uh, it's all about those two people. And in Australia, we don't actually vote for them. We actually vote for our local member. And people seem to forget yes. that our our system of government is very, very different to the US. It's not populist. We don't have a vote for Morrison or for Albanese. That's not how our system works. But no. for some reason, we are just moving towards that American system, and it is just horrible. My friend, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. We could talk for hours because we haven't talked for so long. <laughs> That's right. But yeah. you uh, you stay safe over there. And, God, I, please, I hope you're not getting up to watch the Newcastle Knights at the moment, are you? 
I last night I was very excited because I had the back-to-back nights of the Jets, the nights at 9pm, the Jets at 11pm. I started by watching the nights at 9 and I don't know if I'll be getting up past that <laughs> to watch them. I wouldn't be, my friend. I wouldn't be at all. Oh. It's, uh, yeah, yeah, not good. Not good at all. It was bad. It was, it was bad. bad. It was bad. But, hey, that's a dedicated Newcastle fan right there. I'm still on it, mate. I'm still on it. I mean, I've got eastern suburbs and South Sydney supporters over here, so I've got to do something. You have to. Yeah, please, please. Yeah. Oh, my God. Mind you, South didn't do too well on the weekend either, so at least you can yell about no, that one. Okay. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. You stay safe <laughs> over there, and uh, thank God that mo is removed as from tomorrow. So, uh, yeah, I look forward I, to seeing your you. photos without that mo. I won't be running in from the Stanley Street end, I promise you. Thank, thank God. You, thank you. Bye, mate. Bye. That is Zach Garrett, who joins us every Monday here on Newcastle Live from LA to give us a bit of an idea as to how Australia is being looked on over there, what's happening and uh, what we can learn. And we're not learning the good stuff, that's for sure. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines. What it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.